Customers love options. Bike builders like options too. When you're looking for the highest quality plug and play lighting for your V-Twin, why not make the same choice as professional builders and make the switch to electric lighting? Electric lighting is the choice of builders like Dave Perowitz and Corey Ness. Even builders like myself have made the switch to electric lighting. Electric quality isn't just quality you can see, electric quality is quality you can feel. Did I mention that electric lighting was the first manufacturer to offer a lifetime warranty on all LED turn signals? Visit your local independent motorcycle shop or online at www.namscustomcycleproducts.com. As a lifelong mechanic, I figured I'd already tried every type of hand cleaner imaginable. From mom's dish soap to dad's pumice bars. From powders to lanolin-based cleaners. I was just about to give up, say forget it, and mix up my own concoction. But then I heard about Full Bore Hand Cleaner. Full Bore isn't just another hand soap. Full Bore is a hand scrub. Full Bore is formulated right here in the USA with features like soft abrasives, skin moisturizers, and special odor eliminators. So there's no need to rewash your hands before dinner. Full Bore also has no harsh solvents, and that means there's no sticky film left behind, and Full Bore won't irritate open cuts. When you're ready to get clean, go Full Bore. Visit FullBoreClean.com and enter the code GARAGEBUILT to receive free shipping on orders over $70. Man, that was an awesome, awesome interview with Landon from First Kick Podcast. Um, he had a lot of... I love talking to people that are super positive, and he definitely was super positive. And the way we came to know each other is I was online and I look and it says the Garage Built Podcast. And I look and it's a picture of somebody else's shop with somebody else's bike. And I thought, what the hell? So I reached out to him and I said, hey, man, you know, we've got a we've got a little conflict here of, of interest. And so that's how he and I came to know each other. And uh, I'm glad it worked out well. He seems like a great dude and I wish him all the best. So make sure you check out all of our sponsors, Full Bore Clean. Add on Instagram and fullboreclean.com. Use the uh, discount code GARAGEBUILT and you'll get free shipping on orders over $70. And check out our other sponsors at namscustomcycleproducts.com. That's electric lighting, Badlands, and NAMS. The best in lighting, the best in electrical components for your Harley-Davidson motorcycle and also go check out my friend bare knuckle paul at bareknuckleperformance.com and order up some american-made parts for your harley he's got strong arm risers his new axle kits are out he's got bare knuckle uh, performance makes a really nice axle adjuster kit for your fxrs and your early dressers and, uh, and he's also got new axle kit out for the late model dynas go hook him up You'll get to uh, go to bareknuckleperformance.com and uh, and check them out. So, everybody, thanks again for listening. Have a great evening. Good. Can uh, you hear me good? Yeah. Do you want me to? I don't have my lapel 
plugged in. Should I try that? See how it sounds first. You can if you want, but you've got I've got really good audio on you. Oh, all right, cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, sorry, I was running around this afternoon. Had a bunch of different stuff to do. No problem, man. No problem. So, how'd your week go? Yeah, it's been busy. I make potato chips, so like Memorial Day weekend is like the start of the madness. But with this <laughs> coronavirus stuff, man, we've been like jamming. Like it's been crazy for like the past three months. Everybody else wasn't working, and we were working like overtime and stuff. No shit. It's been crazy. Yeah. Are, are they making you guys wear like all this PPE stuff and that? Or you guys probably pretty much do that anyways, though, don't you? If you're doing food stuff. Yeah, like we had hairnets and stuff. Um, but now like we have, they're making it, you know, mandated that we have face masks. And like we have like all these like pieces like plexiglass up, uh, blocking everything off and stuff. So we're doing a lot of that. Um, I get kind of lucky because I'm up in the warehouse and I'm by myself most of the day, so I don't even got to wear it most of the time. So Right. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I, I, there's been a couple things since this whole shit show has started. I've thought to myself, man, I really wish I owned a plexiglass company or owned a face mask company or a rubber glove company. I went today to Harbor Freight to buy something. I had to buy an air hose. One of the air hoses broke on one of the hoists in the back. I'm one of the guys hoists in, uh, so I shot over to uh, Harbor Freight, and I was like, oh, I'll buy, some, I'll, I'll buy some gloves while I'm here. I didn't even think about it. There was nothing, nothing. I'm like, are we still, do, are we still doing this? Like, I don't know how it is. You're in Pennsylvania, right? Yes, sir, yep. Cool. Um, yeah, we, we actually been having trouble getting them even for the plant. So, like, it's – and that's, like, we pay top dollar for all our stuff because it has to be food grade and everything, and we still have a hard time getting it. Right. Well, I guess I should introduce you to everybody. I'm talking Landon Bruner, right? Did I yep, say that right? Yep. Very good. And you are you host a podcast. Uh, where yes, can sir. they find your podcast? Spotify, iHeartRadio, where at? Um, right now I'm on Spotify, Pocket Casts. Um, if they go to my Anchor account, they can check it out there. I am on Apple uh, Podcasts. I'm on a couple other ones. I'm not exactly sure what all of them are. Uh, CastBox, if I didn't say that. Um, yeah. And, and I put in my R RSS feed to a couple other people too. And, um, like some of them, they take a little bit, uh, from what, uh, Dave from the pigeonhole podcast, he's been helping me out a lot. Right. And, um, he, he's been, you know, kind of getting me pointed in the right direction and stuff. So, uh, you know, I'm just kind of waiting on hearing back from some of them. And he said, sometimes it takes like two weeks because now like with the whole, merger thing with everything changing you know like we're trying to get everything set up as far and as many platforms as we can so yeah you were mentioning about the podcast thing and it's kind of there's not like there's lots of information out there but there's not like um there's not one set of rules there's not one set of things you know that you have to do like when i i started doing this back in 2012 i had actually had a podcast before this and it's like there's no rules you kind of gotta it's it's kind of like the wild west you kind of gotta just figure it out you know yeah, and a lot of it is, like, it depends on which route you want to go. Like, some people just do, like, the Patreon, uh, you know, like, if they want to monetize in any sort of way. Some people do, like, the Patreon. Some people do, um, you know, sponsorships and stuff like that. And depending on 
what their content is or how they act on set. You know, it's like, you know, you can only get certain attractions from certain sponsors. So, you know, like I try to keep it as PG as I possibly can. I don't try to, you know, be an asshole anyway or you know like downsize any kind of person for any way because that's not me in general anyway you know like i don't i don't do that you know I'm, I'm cool with everybody as long as we can hang out and especially go ride choppers and stuff like that man like you're cool with me you know i, I don't I'm, I'm not too hard to get along with for sure right on so um you and i came we, we came to know each other through a series of unfortunate events i would say um but we'll make the best out of it is that you had uh, you started your podcast and uh it had a it, it was under the actually under the same same name that uh that our podcast is under and that's how we came to came to know each other um how long is your podcast how long have you been doing your podcast now um like i think i'm up to like seven episodes i think it was like a total of like two months altogether. now i did start it like probably about the beginning of February, but I was kind of waiting on getting all my, I didn't even have a laptop up until that point, man. Like I had none of that stuff. Like none of this was ever something that I ever had. Like technology was something I never grew up with. Um, I grew up very simple in Pennsylvania. And if anybody knows anything about Pennsylvania, you know, it's either you are English or you are Dutch. Well, I was like right on the breaking point of that. So like some of that stuff growing up, like we, we had TV, we had internet, but like once I got out into it, my own, like for the longest time, I never had any of that stuff. So, you know, like for me, this is like all totally new. It's all, you know, just learn as you go, fly by a seat of your pants kind of thing. So, you know, for people to reach out and say that they really like my stuff, you know, that was really cool. And then like you said, like, you know, with you and all this stuff going on was like, man, I felt, I felt so bad because it was like, I'm sure there was probably stuff that I should have did, but like, I had no idea. Sure. So it's like, it's, it's like, you know, how do you, I'm like, seriously, like whenever I got your message that day, man, like my heart, heart sunk. Like, I'm pretty sure I hit, heard it hit the pavement because i was walking back into work from break and i was just like uh i felt so bad but um no man it's it's going good now um we got a couple good people lined up a couple uh really good builders uh i like to stay on the track more of choppers choppers are my favorite but i do love cafe racers like i've had like craig rodsmith on my show um i've had maxwell hazen on my show you know, so I like those guys that are pushing the limits of building these crazy machines. And, you know, basically anybody that's doing something really cool, like, I want to talk to them. You know, because I just, any facet of, you know, people who I wanted to reach, you know, doing it at home, I wanted them to have a better idea and a better understanding of, you know, well, maybe one day I can do this. But, like, I want them to know that, like, this isn't something that you just pick up one day. You know what I mean? Like I wanted them to see like the struggles of what they've gone through and hearing it from a pro themselves, you know, like, Hey, like, like it's not as easy as it sounds, but at the same time also highlighting the badass stuff that comes with it. So, um, now with the new part of the podcast, we, uh, I actually just merged with a magazine that was out of Baltimore called, uh, called Zarkin Fruits magazine and Zarkin Fruits had about five, I think he was working on his sixth issue and he was just sick of people asking how to spell his name, what his name meant. And he reached out to me and was like, you know, Hey man, like, I think we got a good idea. Let's, let's roll with it. So we've been, 
working on everything now the past week. Um, we did come up with the name for the magazine and the podcast. So the magazine is going from Zarkin Fruits Magazine to Top End Magazine. And then the podcast is going to be called uh, First, yeah, First Kick Podcast. And it's going to be presented by Top End Magazine. Because if anybody knows anything about choppers, you know, if you get on the first kick and it fires right up, like there's nothing cooler than that. So we thought that was kind of a cool name to go with the podcast. So that's where that whole inspiration came from. And, you know, we're just kind of taking it from there, buying the domain names, buying up everything that we can to make sure that we don't never have this happen again and (laughs) doing the right things. He, he's been helping me out a lot. He's, he's, he's a really cool dude. And, um, yeah, he's, he's been really, really helpful, uh, you know, putting me in the right direction and, we got a couple really good guests coming up uh here in the next couple weeks Uh, yeah it's it's gonna be fun yeah i I went back and i listened to um one of your episodes i think the one with chicken fried choppers yeah chicken yeah chicken fried yeah chicken rick yeah i follow i follow that guy on instagram he seems like a fun dude and one of the things i noticed that you did that i thought was brilliant and I, i was you know every once in a while something happens i'm like god why didn't i think of that but you did a trailer for your podcast. And I thought, man, I, when I listened to that, I was like, that is awesome. I mean, it's really, really solid in, in that you, you're like, Hey, you know, it's, it's real organic, but it's authentic at the same time. And I was like, man, that's a great idea. I think more people should do that. I mean, even I, it made me want to go back and do one just for my podcast that if you're scrolling through, and it's like, well, who is this guy or what is this or what do they have or what kind of guests? And you're just like, you know, the enthusiasm came through and I thought it was awesome. It was one of those things where when I look at it, I'm like, man, I wish I would have thought of that. It's brilliant. Yeah, it was one of them things like whenever I was setting everything up, you know, it was just like, you know, make a trailer, you know. So I kind of took it like the TV commercial mm-hmm. personality kind of thing and like cross out with like a used car salesman kind of thing from listening on the radio. And, uh, you know, and everybody said, you know, too, that, you know, I come across, you know, I don't, I don't try hard. I don't have, you know, any fluff. There's no frills. There's no fuss. You know, I just, I get on, I say, what's up. And this is who we got. And we get into it, man. No, no extra, no nonsense, you know, and I just, I like it that way. And everybody seems to be liking it that way. So we're just going to kind of, keep doing that, keep rolling forward and see what happens. I really dig the demeanor that you have too. Like you've got a, your, the, the way you articulate your words and the way you speak and you've got a real good, like a real solid, like real bassy uh, broadcasting voice. So when it comes across, it's, it's, it's real easy to understand and it's you're really easy to follow the, the ebb and flow of your conversation is really good. I mean, you've got really strong interviewing skills and, and, and on, I was just kind of surprised because not a lot of people, um, there are a lot of people that have good podcasts that don't understand the conversational piece of it. And it was something that I had to learn, even going to school to learn to be a broadcaster, uh, didn't quite teach me how to listen as much as speak. And you're really good at listening. Yeah. I, I rather have a person on and let them talk and let them show who they are. You know, like I kind of, like I'll write some things down and then I let some things just come like organic, like through the conversation. And I, I think that if you kind of hit on the key points that they're trying to make, but then like twist it around and make it so that like it gets them re-energized about it. 
that's what makes them talk. And then that's what makes them, you know, really excited to tell you, you know, whatever it is that they're doing, whether it's building custom bikes or whether it's having, you know, their own shop, you know, where they're making t-shirts or whatever it is, you know, I think it's something that, you know, and I've had people already say too, like, you know, like, man, you, you repump my energy to, you know, go back and try something a little bit harder the next time, you know, and I was just hanging out, having fun, talking with somebody that I wanted to talk to or somebody that I idolized, you know, even like uh, I had Josh Allison on of Crab Baby Cycles and now he works at uh, Orange County Choppers, you know, and like we were there talking and, you know, we were talking about his favorite bikes that he's done since he went to OCC and he was talking about this bike and that bike. And then I brought up the uh, Veterans Memorial bike that he did with the brass inlays and like how that was my favorite. And he was like, I forgot about that bike. You know? And then all of a sudden he got excited and he started like talking about that. And I think that's what it's about, man. Cause it got him excited. He, he wanted to talk about it, you know? And, you know, I think, you know, hearing a lot of people on their podcasts, you know, and if, especially motorcycle podcasts, like they say they have a guest, they ask them a question. And if there's more than one person being a host, I've, I've seen this a lot. If there's more than one person being a host, you always run into that deal of they start getting sidetracked so quick and they just start having this nonsense conversation on the side while their guest, guest is, is sitting basically there. just like filling in the blanks of their conversation. So I like to make it be about them and talk as little as I possibly can. That's brilliant. And, and I have noticed that that's a good thing, a good point that you bring up that, um, we have had co-hosts on here before, and I find that uh, because that person and myself have a close relationship, that when we start to have a, we almost have a sidebar, and where the guest is really kind of like observing us rather than being a substantive part of the conversation. So I think that's a really good point that you bring up. The other thing I wanted to bring up is that you are from a unique part of the country that if, 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 if people haven't been to Pennsylvania before, and I have, I used to spend quite a bit of time there. Um, you can be not off the grid, but you can, it's, it's somewhere where you can go and not be inundated with technology. I mean, there's still a lot of farms there. There's lots of hills and mountains and things in, in rural areas. I think people think too much of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Philadelphia Eagles, and they don't realize that, uh, those are on two ends of the state and everything in between those you have uh, varying different types of communities and a lot of really history rich places to ride oh and it's awesome because it's just like you said you know in between the hills and farms and i'm in between two and i'm on one you know so i can I hear exactly the animals in the background mean, i grew up <laughs> on the farm or you know my grandparents had a farm you know, riding four wheeler and doing stuff like that. And that's what I mean, man. Like for us, technology was never something that we went to first, you know, it was something for like a rainy day, even like a PlayStation or something like that. Right. You know, for us, it was about being out, you know, having fun in the woods or, you know, out chasing cows around the field with the four wheelers, you know, like that's, that's what we grew up doing. So, you know, it, it is a different perspective, you know, seeing people that, came from the city, lived in the city, they might not have been able to go down to the end of their street on account of their parents, you know, didn't trust the people down there, right. you know? So for us, I mean, dude, we could go missing for three days, you know? <laughs> and then, you know, they might've been like, well, he hasn't been home and he has to be at school tomorrow, you know? So like it, it was that kind of a, a lifestyle growing up, you know? 
And it's like you said, like, uh, before when we were talking, like when you said about coming up to Woodward, I mean, you know, man, it's barren. It's, it's, it's just open fields and long roads and awesome riding. And yeah, Pennsylvania is an awesome place to go riding through if people have never been there before. Just, you know, the beauty of the mountains or, you know, it's, it's a cool place to live for sure. That's awesome. What is uh? so you mentioned that you're like all about choppers. Like that's, that's your, that's your kink. What kind of choppers are you into? Like personally, obviously you'd said that you like kind of everything, but what, what is, are you a pro street guy? Are you a bobber guy? Are you a digger guy? Are you a high neck? What, what's your fan? What's your, what's your flavor? I'm more one of them guys that likes a guy that can take like a mid nineties sporty by like a voodoo vintage hardtail kit, you know, and weld it on himself and make something himself, you know, and maybe he goes six over, maybe he keeps it, you know, stock. You know, I just like stuff that doesn't look stressed. You know, it doesn't look like outrageous. That's a good point. That's I've something, never heard. I've never heard that adjective before. Because the roads around here, as you know, you know yeah, I mean, you you got to have something functional as well as you know beautiful to look at. So I like that word. I'm gonna use. I'm gonna steal that word from you, and I'm gonna repurpose it as much as possible. Not looking stressed because there are there are a lot of motorcycles that that's that is a. That, that's a word that's been missing in my vernacular trying to describe motorcycles. Cause I look at motorcycles as art, right? I mean, when someone builds something from the ground up, there's something to that, even if it's not my flavor, but there are motorcycles that look stressed. That's a good, that's a very, that's a very good one. What do you, what, what is your personal, what's your personal bike right now? Uh, I actually have a 1982 XS 400 on the lift right now that nice. uh, I bought from a college kid up in Penn state. And like he rode it 200 miles after he bought it and it started having all these problems and this and that. And I went up, paid next to nothing for it and brought it home. And I was just going to kind of clean it up, fix it up and flip it. And the greasy dozen came around. So I was like, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll take this chance because this is actually my first real chopper. I never had one. Like I've had sportsters and stuff, but you know, so like I, I cut the frame literally next to nothing. I only had about 16 inches of the backbone and I had enough for the down tube to where it curled around to put the front engine mounts in and uh, where I could repurpose for the kickstand. Other than that, I redid everything myself and uh, I got lucky because I grew up in a big racing background around here, big dirt track background. So okay. uh, a local chassis fabricator actually helped me do my hardtail and stuff like that. Nice. So, you know I mean, it's all square and TIG welded and done well, right? Yeah. So when you say dirt track, are you, are you talking about motorcycle or are you talking about car? Sprint cars. Sprint cars. Nice. Yeah, There's a. it's funny. I think a lot of people that um, that are in the motorcycle as either as a hobby or as a profession, uh, whatever you want to call it, and a passion, something, you know, an obsession there, there's a lot of car guys that, that orbit around in us too. And there's a lot of guys that, that that's where they came from. That was my background. Um, my, my personal background was cars. You know, my dad was always a builder, uh, of motorcycles, but the car thing was something that I kind of did kind of peeled off from my dad for a while to, to kind of make my own way. And I came right back to the motorcycle scene. So, I've been in it ever since. Yeah. See, my dad was never much into like having hot rods or anything like that. So if like for me, it was basically watching it on TV as a young kid and wanting to do it. And that was basically how it happened. <laughs> right. How old are you? Uh, I'll be 30 on Monday. No shit. 
My birthday's yeah. Monday too. No shit. Yeah, May twenty fifth. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a few years on you, though. <laughs> like, <Probably>. like 17 <laughs> years on you. <laughs> uh, that, ain't, that ain't many. It's just a number. Man. Right, right. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, parallel thinking again, right? Yeah. So that, yeah, it's like it's like we were two people in two separate parts of time that just happened to meet each other in the most ridiculous way. That's funny. Yeah, and I've got a, I've got a tremendous amount of uh, family from – um, from Pennsylvania. That's where my family immigrated to on both sides. So I've got, uh, I'm trying to think of the, the town there, but I, Monongua, is that? No, that's it. Yeah, I believe, I believe that's it. But so you've got a little shop back there that you do. You work in a potato chip factory. Um, you got a podcast. How did you end up in a potato chip factory? Um, well, it was right down the street from my mom's house. And I grew up with the owner's kids and his youngest son and me raced go-kart together for years. And it was basically one of them things. Uh, I turned old enough to be able to work full, like full time, right. like during the day. And, um, you know, I was like, you know, I'd really like a job. And they're like, well, we don't know if we need anybody. And it was like, that next weekend they're like, Hey, you start Monday. And so I was 16 years old and I've been there every summer. And then after I graduated, I just stuck with it. That's cool. That's cool. I mean, I, I envy people that have the ability to do that. It really, it took me until I was 30 to, to not work for somebody else. That was a tough, that was a tough thing, tough lesson to learn. I mean, it was, I've been married since I was 20. So I had been married 10 years, had two kids, a you know, an actual really good career doing something that I didn't, that I didn't enjoy any longer. So I got into the motorcycle business and I've been happy ever since, you know, I mean, you have your good days and your bad days, right? Just with anything, right? You yes, know. sir. Yep. Some, some so day you have you know. your own shop. I do. Yep. So I've been in the business since Oh three. And, nice, uh, man. congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, my daughter works here with me now and she's going to be taking over the shop so that eventually I can peel off and, and do more other things. And my podcast obviously is, is a part of, uh, the direction that I'm heading and there's a couple other little irons in the fire, but yeah. So, We've been we've been around we've been around quite a bit and you know we've had our, our ups and downs and we'll probably have quite a few more but you know it's a uh, it's definitely not a sprint it is a it's a marathon right for sure for sure yeah I mean I have a little shop here and you know I do stuff on the side you know a lot of guys around here uh, you know they get the Harleys and you know they go up to the dealership they buy the harleys you know and they do like the pipes right away and stuff like that but you know there's stuff down the road that they want to do but they don't want to have to take it back up there and pay you know that crazy labor um so basically they come to me with an idea of what they want to do um and basically i take that from there and we get the stuff we pull it in and i do it for them and they're usually pretty happy with it i actually have a 2012 dyna down in the garage right now that uh, basically bobbing out without bobbing out, you know, like we yeah. did the sissy bar, but still has shocks and stuff like that. Sure. You know, and yeah, pretty cool. It's all got to start somewhere. You know, that's the one thing I, I get down on people who, uh, who continue to stay in their garage and, and don't, don't, don't evolve. Right. I, 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 I'm, I'm critical of that, but to be fair and truthful, everybody started in their garage or their basement or their living Absolutely. room or their shed or their grandparents shed or something like that. So what is your, uh, what are your goals for your, you know, do you, do you see motorcycles as a career at some point or. I would love 
motorcycles to be the number one facet of my career at some point. I really do. Like, I'd really like, you know, the podcast, you know, to do well, but you know, I'm more worried about wrenching. I really like building things and, you know, it just came from tinkering, you know, I'm, you know, my racing carts and stuff like that maybe, but you know, it was always something that I always loved and wanted to do. And, you know, I'm, I'm learning every day, you know, I'm getting better tools as the time goes on. And, um, you know, I just got a TIG welder and, you know, I want to start getting into that, you know, with, um, you know, maybe starting to make some of my own little bracketry and stuff and work myself up to, you know, like a dual, dual flow regulator. So like I can do like exhaust and stuff like that. You know, I'd like to be able to do stuff like that because performance is definitely something that I enjoy, you know, and, and, and it's something that needs to be done right. And there's a lot of principles to it and a lot of like things that people don't look at right away whenever they're going into looking at things. So going in with a level head for sure is something that can make or break you, you know, very quickly in this community and, and in, you know, this economy, it's, it's something that, you know, you gotta be willing to take your lumps because if you're not, and you think you're just going to go in with that bullheaded idea of I can do this, I'm going to be the badass guy and dude, you're going to end up on your mom's doorstep real quick. Yeah. Now you're a graduate of uh, the Motorcycle Mechanics Institute in Orlando, are you not? Yeah, I went down to Orlando. Yep. And you studied the Harley program? Yep. Early, late, and Screaming Eagle. Yep. And then when did you do that? Uh, I graduated in high school in 2009. And I was down there that August and I started that September. And then I was there for 18 months. Right on. So what, what, what did you take away? What was the biggest thing you took away from that school? Dealerships suck. <laughs> oh, please do tell. <laughs> Dealerships suck. You know, it's one of them things where it was a great school. The teachers down there are absolute awesome people. Um, you know, they, they were guys just like us, you know, that had shops or, you know, worked in the field for at least 10 years. Because if you didn't have at least 10 years experience, they won't even look at you yeah. to be an instructor there. And, you know, it was cool because, you know, like you look at these guys and they're all tatted up, you know, and they're slick back hair and, you know, real hot rod. And, you know, it definitely wasn't like your college professor look, you know, at all. And, you know, I think a lot of people you know, even a little bit farther along in life, you know, whenever they, you know, they think about school, they think, well, I'm too old. Well, I was going to school with guys that were in their mid forties, you know, that always wanted to do it. And they finally just took the plunge and, you know, they were in my same first theory class. And, you know, that's, I, I was in class with some of them from the first day that I walked into school. Yeah, I think that one of the things that we've learned as a society in this country over the last 25, 30 years is that you can reinvent yourself. You can take these leaps. I mean, my parents' generation and, and prior to that, you picked a, you picked a job and uh, you just did it until you were done. And then you went home and you got your gold watch and you got your pension and you waited to die. And I know that sounds, uh, that's, you know, it's oversimplification of probably what really happened, but it, it makes me feel good that, uh, you know, that myself, that I was able to see force through the trees. And then the, the younger generation guys like you are putting in work, learning your craft. And when, when it's right for you and it feels good and it's a, it's, there's a, there's a way to take that leap. I think people are more encouraged these days to, to trust in themselves and believe in themselves and actually 
look, no one's going to make something happen for you. Um, you know, getting shot out of the right dick anymore even only does a certain amount for you. You know, you, you've got to put in, this is one of those jobs where people know if you're not being honest with them, you know, cause they've been lied right. to enough times that this is a, this is one of those careers and two that everybody knows everybody eventually. Yep. Yep. And you know, it's something like we used to always say on the farm, can't get no shit on your boots if you don't put them on. You know, oh, so. I like that. That's two things you give me now. Stressed yeah, out, yeah. the bikes that look stressed, and you can't get any shit on your boots if you don't put them on. I like that. I always tell people that uh, a lot of opportunities are missed because they're dressed in overalls and look like work. <laughs> you know, that's not mine. That's Thomas Edison's. But I, I do, I do adhere to that. That it's you know, you have to really want something. It's good to see people wanting things. Do you? Uh, do you do many events? Um. I'm actually, I just got invited with my XS 400 as long as the current state of the nation doesn't ruin it. Um, I got invited to take my XS 400 out to glory days, uh, which is the second annual year. This is the second year that they're doing it. And it's out at the carry blast furnaces out in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And dude, it's an awesome show. If you never looked it up before, definitely check it out on the internet. They have an Instagram, uh, glory days pgh and you look at some of the pictures from the show it's awesome and like they've had top-notch guys like christian newman that guy um, is that guy breaks my brain every time he does something yeah actually the all stainless everything the bike that he's working on right now i know um, he was sending pictures and he, he was walking through his house and he's an engineer by trade yeah so he actually had papers of every design of every diagram of every part that he was going to put on this motorcycle. And he had it laid out through his house on the floor. And he was just walking through with his camera and man, it was like in his living room through the hallway to like, and he had everything laid out so that whenever he picked them back up, it was from the top to the bottom. And it was every single thing that he was going to do on that bike. He's an amazing artist. He's an amazing guy. I mean, he talks to anybody. Yeah, I met him in 20, I believe 2017. He had that bike with the uh, outboard sprockets on it. Yeah, yep. That thing, yep. you know, and and, to, and he rides up and he's just this kid. He's happy. He's on a Sportster, like a nothing, you know, I mean, nothing nothing to write home about. He's just, you can just tell he's a great guy. And, and guys like that, they have so much bandwidth. There's him. There's the guy, um, Vintage Technologies, that did that exposed show. Hawk, yeah. That thing broke my brain too. And these guys, I mean, they're amazing. Have you seen that bike in person? I haven't seen it in person, but uh, Hawk has a, yeah, the one that doesn't have the oil tank on it. Mm -hmm. Where if he was going to run oil in it, it would have only taken two ounces. That was the most that he could run in it without it pushing out the top, without it puking out oil. So he actually ended up getting this, uh, this like grease, this compound grease to help lube everything in the engine and it didn't break down under heat and stuff. And that's actually what he helped use to save his motor. And that was the bike, the blue bike, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And yeah. And that was the one that he took to moon eyes. Uh, yeah. It, crazy what they're doing, man. And actually you should see the one that he's doing uh, for this year for born free. He's actually doing a digger style. He's going outside of his, outside of his wheelhouse a little bit and doing a digger style with open chain primary and everything. And now he was just taking a 90 degree uh, die grinder and rounding off the sides of his chain. So it, it's like 
there's no pins, there's no nothing, and it's all rounded over. And he did that on every single chain on the bike. It looks sick. I, I'm trying to yeah, think of who it was. Cool I think it was his other bike. Wasn't it his blue bike that he welded every link on the chain? He did something to it. Maybe it wasn't him, but there's some people doing some stuff that are absolutely insane. And, you know, when I was, when I first started out, I can't think of anybody that was thinking like that. I mean, the, this whole new younger generation, the guys that are under 40 are, so, they have so much bandwidth. I don't even know how to explain it other than saying bandwidth. With I don't have that kind of bandwidth. Like I want everything to be mechanical looking. I know if it's going to break. I know where my, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying I put as much work into anything like that. Cause I don't have, like I said, I don't have the bandwidth for thought, but I know what's going to break on my bike. You know, if something's going to break these guys, right. they eliminate that as a possibility. You know, that Hawk dude was putting like a tablespoon of oil down yep. into the, into the, into the heads to fire that up. And I, at first I thought, okay, it's a diorama. It doesn't run. And then I saw him riding it in video. I was like, well, fuck me, man. I, I, I'm done. There's nothing, you know, Yep. What do you Two say? ounces of oil was in that motor by the time it was done. Do you uh do you know who Brian Butera is from Butera Metalworks? I've heard of him, but I've never talked to him personally or anything like that. Yeah. Did you see the bike that he built that won the Golden Bolt this this last year, the number yes, two bike? Yes. Yeah. Well, that dude's a good friend of mine. He lives right down here around the around the corner from the shop, and and that's another guy that approaches motorcycles from such an artistic place that I, I really, really, really appreciate looking at those guys works of art, you know, and then the mechanical things that they don't limit themselves on because they're artistic and I'm not an artist at all. Yeah. That's a big part of it anymore. It seems more of it to be a sculpture you right. know, than a piece of machinery. Um, and actually, if you want to see art, man, um, obviously there's people like, you know, Craig Rodsmith, there's Max Hazen, um, but there's this young kid, and his name is Jay Donovan. Okay. Look him up. He does really, really cool work, really awesome metal shaping, uh, really cool bikes from, you know, nose to tail, just absolute works of art. And the kid isn't even like, he's he's just in like 20 or like 21 or 22, like he's really young, dude, but he's blowing minds. And he has, he has bikes in the Haas Museum, like, real deal like i can't wait to see what he does further down the road he, he's going to be one to watch for sure so when you see a guy like that i those kind of people sometimes you know how you said earlier like you were talking with uh the, the dude who was at occ josh allison yeah so you're talking with josh allison and you reminded him about a bike that he built and he got all excited right and so people tell you that they, you know, you get, I'm sure you get DMs just like I do that, you know, you've, you've re, you said earlier, you recharge someone's battery, right? You get them fired up. Do you, how, when you look at something like that, do you, and then you look at like work that you do, I mean, where does your brain go as far as like, like damn it, man, you know, I mean, like. It's easy to think that way. It is, it is very easy to think that way. And that's where a lot of people screw up. Because a lot of people think that their first bike, they got to be invited to the people's champ. They think their first year, they got to be an invited builder to born free. You know, they think they got to get to the handbuilt show. You cannot progress unless you fail first. You got to fail a thousand times to progress once. That's just how it is. That's with anything. And Thomas Edison was famous for saying that yeah. too. You know, he, he failed a thousand times before he progressed once, you know, so it's like, that's that's the outlook and that's the mentality that you have to have like there's absolutely 
I can count at least 10 things right now that I look at my bike and it makes me want to vomit, but yep. I never did it before, you know, but then the stuff that I know that I'm good at and stuff that I know that I'm comfortable with, you know, it looks badass. you know, like I'm better at restoring, remodeling and repurposing, you know? So like I have old marker lights off the very early, uh, single filament marker lights off an old automobile that, you know, I repurposed, uh, with the help of, uh, hypnic jerk. Uh, he's in Australia. He builds these badass taillights and stuff like that. And he sent me an led insert for my taillight because he thought it was badass because I literally stripped three layers of lead paint off of this thing, polished it up, found out that the uh, bezel for the light was brass and scuffed that back up, polished it all up. And that's going to be the taillight for the chopper, you know? So stuff like that, you know, I love that kind of stuff, but as far as like the structural integrity and, you know, rake and trail and stuff like that, you know, that stuff that's basically like, well, I'm going to run it up the road. And if it don't fall apart and it doesn't shimmy like hell, I guess I did. All right. If not, I'm going to bring it home and I'm going to call Christian or Josh or one of them guys to see like, man, I need help. But, but that's the cool thing about the chopper community, man, is that they're always there to help. People think that, that, you know, they're by themselves or they're reading forums, man. If you got a question and it's a valid question and not just something like, you know, do you turn it right to tighten or left to loosen? Like if you actually have a valid question, these guys are going to reach out, you know, they're going to answer. They're very humble people. They're very down to earth. And, you know, it's just they're, they want to see you succeed just as much as they want to see themselves. And I think that's what's really cool about the chopper community. And I, that's what really drew me in to where I was like, you know what, this is what I want to do. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But, you know, I think it's something that you're going to see a lot more in the future. You know, these younger guys coming up, having these great ideas, building these great bikes, you know, it just, it makes you excited to see what's, what's going to come, especially now after all this COVID mess, you know, we can finally get back out. It, it's, it's going to bring some cool stuff for sure. Well, that's a, uh, that's a fantastic way to outlook to, to have about all of this stuff is that, um, you know, things are forever changing. And so when I got into the business, getting your bike in a, in a magazine was, that was the shit. I mean, you know, if you could get in a cover, that'd be even better. If you get Michael Lichter to shoot your bike, that's still, if you can get him to shoot your bike, that's still a big thing. Your generation of builders, I mean, what, where do the accolades come from? I mean, you know, I mean, how does, when, for us, when we started 20 years ago, you built a bike, you sent pictures off to, um, to an editor, you'd hope that they wanted to shoot it, or you had to get it shot locally, and they'd give you all these parameters. It, there was some closure, like, okay, I achieved this, right? And so... Most my most of my friends and myself, we all had, you know, at least one, two or three bikes, you know, in a magazine. What is the equivalency of that for your generation of builders? I mean, where where does that come from? Where does that how do you fill that void or is it just something that's not doesn't exist? So it's a non sequitur. Well, it's so open. It's so broad now with social media. You know, it's really hard to pinpoint it to like one thing. Um, because you're definitely seeing paper print uh, becoming less of a thing. Or if it is, it's more of, you know, like what we're doing in underground where it's, you know, it's for certain people in that certain area. But other people are reading it too. But, you know, it's more one of them things like if you can get your stuff on your Instagram and you can get a couple of these people to like it, and then the people that are following them and they see that they like it, they're going to check out your stuff. And then that's where it starts to work. And, you know, a lot of it is with these 
um, these build contests, you know, people's champ, you know, and uh, the greasy dozen, uh, you know, or you get into a show one or two places, you know, people start taking notice of what you're doing. And, you know, it's, it's not as cut and dry as it used to be like, well, this guy got into, you know, American iron. Well, he, you know, obviously he's very, he's very good. He's very well known where now it's more like you got to fight for it, man, because there's three or four, four other guys that are doing just as badass as stuff as you're doing. So basically, and like you were saying, like how these guys are thinking about it and having that bandwidth of, of that thought, they have to, right. they have to, because that's how you stay on top. That's how you stay being one of the most badass builders, you know, for our era, because it's constantly evolving. The technology is constantly evolving. You know, there's always something new every six months that people are doing, but it always seems that, you know, taking that old school mentality with that new school technology and making it work and making it function and making something brilliantly beautiful. You know, it's, it's one of them things where, you know, you got to always be willing to outdo yourself. Like as soon as you have that next frame sitting on your stand, you got to be like, well, it's gotta be crazier than the last one for sure. Nobody's going to give a shit, you know? So that's where you're going to be seeing a lot more ingenuity coming out and all these younger builders, man. And they're smarter than I am, you know, because like I said, I'm going to be 30. So these guys that are 21, they got all of this access to, you know, computers with like fusion 360, a, a free software that you can, you know, design and, and makes parts on the computer that, you know, all the measurements before you even start, send it off to a machine shop and they're going to make it for you, bring it home. And it fits perfect every time, you know, there's so much room out there to expand and make yourself a better builder that the only person that can get in the way of that is yourself saying that you can't do it. <laughs> well, I feel like I'm going to like, uh, like, a, a I'm taking a class here. You're, you're giving me a lot of things to think about. Um, you know, when, when that, when your generation of builders, um, it, it didn't all start out that way, but you, you mentioned the greasy dozen and there's a couple of the, there's a couple of things that happened down here in Florida that are events like that, that my, my group of peers, we didn't know what to do with that. I mean, for us, it was, you go to Daytona bike week, you go to Sturgis, right. you go to Laconia. And you try to take a new bike to every one of those things. Sometimes it's a bike you built for yourself. Sometimes it was a bike you built for a customer. But you always tried to one-up yourself. And you, no one was trying. It was a friendly competition. You weren't trying to necessarily one-up everybody there. But, you know, you wanted to get you wanted to get some shine, you know. But And then it, that the younger generation didn't – none of that mattered. It was like they wanted to just go – I always kidded around. It's, it was lost on me. They wanted to wear – old dirty Levi's and wear old, you know, what you call it, uh, thorough good boots and just go out in the woods and sleep like it was 1975, but capture it all on their iPhones. And now I see that the community that has evolved around that is here to stay. And it's going to be here for a long time, I think. Yeah, man, because it's one of them things and people that are listening to this, you know, if you want to get into the chopper community or you want to get into the custom motorcycle community, and I can only really speak for the chopper community personally, but you can go as a person that has never sat on a bike, never built a bike. You know, you might ride a bike, but you never built one or anything like that. And you go to one of these shows, you know, like a weekend show. And by the time you leave, you have a whole new group of friends that you would have never met, you know, and they are just as, determined and willing to learn 
you know, that's what makes it fun, you know, because you get empowered by the people around you. If you're hanging around shitbag people, you're going to be a shitbag. So why not go and make yourself something that, you know, I can do this. You know, anybody can. Nobody can't not do this. It's just you got to apply yourself and want to do it. And that's what's cool about it. You know, it's, it's not rocket science. I mean, you can go and you can buy every single part and you can bolt it on where you can make your own. You know, it just, it's what, what tools do you have? Right. I mean, you can get me and chicken Rick. We're actually just talking about this. He keeps all of his tools in a suitcase because he's traveling around all the time. And, you know, he has nothing more than a Hitachi angle grinder and a 125 gas welder, MIG welder. And, you know, he makes cool stuff. You know, you don't need to have all these high-end tools where people think that, oh, I need a tubing bender, I need a TIG welder, I need, you know, I need this $600 fab table, I need all this stuff. You don't. It's just, what are you willing to do with what you have? And that's what's cool about it. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think I get myself, I call it vapor locking, where uh, I get myself painted into a corner where I think I can't do something because I don't have this tool or that tool. And then I look at a guy like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Anarchy Customs over in Romania, but that guy named Doreen, he's a real good friend of mine. And uh, I look at some of the stuff that he does with an angle grinder, like a small three-in-one lathe mill kind of deal. And he's placed in the AMD worlds twice in the top 10. Wow. I mean, most people, I'll never see... I'll never see that show as a participant. You know, if I see that show, it'll be because I'm a pedestrian. I went over there to, to look at somebody else's work. It's, I don't, I don't build stuff like that. I always tell people that I'm not really a builder. I'm, I approach everything from a mechanical standpoint. Like I was saying earlier, will it break? Yes. Well, then we need to reinforce it. Will it break? No. Okay, good. Then move on to the next one. And then, you know, aesthetically make it look nice. Right. But right. I'm always a, a, a form following function guy. But these guys that approach it as art and the things they can do, Dorian took a, I, I'm going to try to explain this to you, and then I would encourage you to go on his Instagram, and anybody that's listened to this, go to Anarchy Customs. It's over in Romania. This guy took a Harley engine, cut it in half, took two inches out of the middle of it, put it all back together. He took a Baker six-speed, um, cut it in half, took two inches out of it and put it all back together. And then he took, he's got like uh, BMW heads on triumph cylinders on a sportster motor. It's, I, he's got perimeter brakes. The whole bike has, the bike has forks on one side, front and rear and nothing on the other side. I mean, it's, it's, it's mind numbing that my brain doesn't even conceptualize the idea of it, like, you know, I mean, you could, I sound like I'm describing a cartoon, but this is all functional. And, you know, um, for me, I'm, I'm an old drag racer. So like I said, if it's going to break, I want to make it to where it's not going to break. And I want to try to make as much power as I can. And that's kind of my, that's the only trick I got, <laughs> you know, these guys that approach things from art, it's bananas, man. Yeah. And it's cool because actually, uh, I think it was hot that actually said it to Hawk Lachey of Vintage Technologies. I'm pretty sure he was saying too, you know, like, you know, to go and go to, you know, like the world finals. I mean, an American has never won. So, I mean, that, that shows you what these Europeans are doing, building bikes. And it's badass, you know, and it's like you said, it kind of, kind of puts a sour taste in some of the guys' mouths over here, but it's like, well, 
why aren't you doing something that, you know, you, you, you know, get there, you know, I don't know. It's, it's one of them things that like, you know, they're willing to take this and make it that, like you said, like, I, I definitely got to check that out, man. The fact that he cut that training out, like the engine. All right. I can kind of see that, but tranny, like there's like no room there. Yeah. Like none. He took <laughs> all of the gears out machined. He, he made the main shaft an inch, uh, two inches shorter and then machined all of the gear stack so that it would fit into the same spot that, that it was, that it was originally in. It's just, it's, it's incredible. And, you know, it just goes to show you that you were mentioning earlier about, um, chicken rick like these are the tools he has so it's he's not going to let his ideas be limited by the tools that he has you know there where there's a will there's a way right so he's almost some of these guys are almost creating problems for themselves when i look at it that way you know <laughs> it's one of them things it's like yeah that could be really cool or that's catastrophic failure off the bat you know right so, but it's cool that they make it work, man. It's for sure. And, and, you know, it really makes you appreciate it that much more, you know, when you look at something like that, you know. But for me, like looking at Europeans, it's like, well, they're more probably like cafe racer and GP style bikes. But then you see some of the choppers these guys are building and they're, you know, they're bananas. They're just absolutely ridiculous. A Swedish you chopper know? is one of my favorite styles of chopper. Swedish. Yeah. So like one of the things you had mentioned earlier about stressed when I, I see people over here in the States build, and I'm not trying to besmirch anybody, but I see people try to build a Swedish chopper and they don't pull it off right. But when you see the Swedes do the chopper trying to do the same things, it doesn't, as you say, look stressed. It looks real fluid and nice. And it's not, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of um, bikes that have more sheet metal than what they need, like so that it looks like it's all poured into a mold, right? I like things uh -huh. that, that still follow. I want the gas tank to, you know, unbolt the gas tank if the gas tank needs to be repaired, that kind of stuff, right? So the, the Swedish guys have a really, really unique style that I, I really think looks right when they pull it off. Yeah, I'm going to have to check into that a little bit more. I never really looked into them much. I've I, I seen some some bikes from guys that, you know, built around the world, but I'm definitely going to have to look into that style a little bit more. You, you piqued my interest on that. <laughs> Um, you know, being, I'm down here in Florida. I've been here for 10 years now. And uh, one of the things that I I guess I didn't take into consideration that uh, I, th I think you'll, you have this as an advantage being the part of the country that you're in. As you mentioned earlier, you found a vintage uh, taillight or headlight that you had to take, you know, several layers of lead paint off that you probably bought at either an antique shop or found it somewhere or things don't last in Florida like that and they didn't have the history down here that we had up in the midwest and, and back east you do you guys still have like a real strong swap meet and flea market and antique community and it's still and it's coming back more and more and more like uh like okay so like back in february uh the cheap thrills show in new jersey mm -hmm. awesome swap meet prices weren't gouging like seriously like people were selling stuff for like pennies on the dollar because you know everybody was just buying and swapping and it's great and, and it's getting better and you're seeing more and more and more of them coming up over here on the east coast it's 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 pretty cool for sure i feel like you're in a part of the country too that's older like you're in you're literally in the oldest part of our country so the history that is there and i think you know california gets a lot of credit for um creating a lot of the the scene that we're in 
But I think that what gets lost is that history started in the part of the country that you're in and everything kind of originated from the part of the country that you're in. All of the steel mills, all of the strong engineering backgrounds came from the part of the country that you're in, you know, the Carnegie steels and the, you know, all the rail companies and and those types of things. Yeah. It's, it's one of them things where we are very lucky because, you know, like even me, you know, you, you could be driving out a back road and you could see, 30 cars out in the field, you know, and just some old junkyard that some guy had on his property, you know, stuff that he's had since he was a kid, you know, and you can go out there and you can get like badass old car emblems or, you know, old like light bezels to use on headlights and stuff. Like you can make so much cool stuff just by going to the junkyard instead of going to, you know, a parts website where, yeah, it's going to fit perfect. But if you have that little bit of, you know, not even, I don't even want to say know how, but like the willingness to make something work. I mean, world's your oyster up here. It really right. is. And there's always something somewhere that you can find something and make look cool and throw it on your bike. And everybody's going to think it's cool too, because it's old. And well, let's just face it. Old's awesome. Yeah. So is your community, um, of the, the dudes that you hang with and ride with and that, are they, are they local to you or is this a community that's based largely based on the internet? Oh man, it's far and wide. I mean, there's a couple guys around here, you know, that are, you know, what I say, like real guys. Right. But I mean, we can, we can hop on and like this summer, like we're really planning on doing a couple. I mean, you can go up North, especially like upstate New York even, you know, anywhere in New York and you go up to like New Hampshire and places like that. And it's just getting bigger and bigger. And there's always going to be somewhere where you can go and hang out where there's going to be somebody that you either a met on the internet and you've talked to. And what's cool about that is like, you show up, like you tell them like, Hey man, we're coming, you know, and you show up and it was like, you don't even have to introduce yourself because it's like you guys are just old friends now. So I think that's what's really cool about, you know, the community, you know, because we're all friends. We're all here to help each other. We're all there for each other. If somebody's like, you know, hey, I got this crazy badass idea. And if it's cool, we'll tell you. If not, we'll be like, well, you might not want to do that. So, <laughs> you know, it's like by the time you go and you meet these people in person, you know, you're just old friends. It's, it's awesome. There's nothing cooler than that. That's awesome, dude. So you're going to do, you got invited to glory days this, yep. this summer. So that's still, as of right now, that's still supposed to go off. When is yeah. the, when is the greasy dozen? Uh, the greasy dozen actually got canceled. The gre- actually, I should have left Thursday okay. for the greasy dozen. Gotcha. So yeah, so, uh, that got canceled. They are doing something. I got a fact check. It's like beginning of June. They're going to do like a internet thing where they're going to show uh, all 13. They do 13 bikes. They do the 12 that they picked and then they have the, the greasy dozen. So it's the 13, like a baker's dozen. And then, you know, then they're going to show the bikes and they're going to do all that for all the sponsors and everything. Um, but yeah, the, that, that was come past I should have been there already. It should have actually probably been, well, actually I would have been leaving today. Sorry. I should have been leaving today. Right on. So of all the, all the builders and, and all the things that are going on, you mentioned a couple of guys, you mentioned uh Hawk, you mentioned Christian Newman. Um, like how far back does your, your knowledge go as far as 
are there any old school builders that that you really really like their work and and you know kind of covet some of the pictures and and try to try to you know who's the history who is historically like given credit uh, in in your circles like like my circle you know it's real easy you got jesse you got billy you got warren you got aaron you got all these dudes right russ mitchell right that's the chopper era the new chopper era so but the b- before that there was the arlens and the parowitz and that stuff who who do you guys like in in in, in your group who are the dudes like how does how does how do people feel about like jesse if jesse comes up in conversation all right so for us we actually luck out because like steve parowitz and people like that obviously awesome amazing um it's cool because by the time that we were really starting to get introduced to this stuff we mm-hmm. were like 10 11 12 years old 13 years old so seeing those guys do the great biker build-offs jesse james you know billy lane and you know all of them like you know they're they're awesome and of course american chopper you know that's like i i said to josh you know like i i reached out to senior one time i said you know like the reason i am what i am is because on a Monday afternoon, I would make my mom go to the local uh, market to get me cardboard boxes for that night. So while I was watching your show, I could cut them up and make gas tanks. So like that was the kind of thing that I grew up doing. I always loved that, you know, being able to make it yourself, do it yourself. So like all of them guys and Paul Yaffe, people like that, you know, they're, they're awesome, amazing artists. And even David Mann, like, you know, he, he was a painter, but he inspired so many people just by his artwork, yeah. you know? So, like, you know, all of them and Indian Larry, uh, yeah. Indian Larry, his, his bikes are absolutely phenomenal. Like he's that, his are probably my, my favorite bikes of anybody's is Indian Larry's. That's cool. That's very cool. I mean, that's the, that's, it's good to know that the guys that inspired my generation still get the credit that's due. I mean, you know, I mean, they kept, they carried the torch and there's a lot of creative things that went around, went on in, in those, those days, you know, and, and those guys are paying homage to the guys that came before them, the Arlen Ness, the, the Dave Perowitz, the, the Pat Kennedy's, the Ben Hardy's, the, you know, all those dudes, um, that, that kind of created the, created the space that we all orbit in because prior to that, the chopper thing, I mean, if you really go back to, the genesis of it, you're talking Arlen Ness and Ron Sims, you know, those dudes up in the Bay area started the, what, what we now know is the, the chopper scene, you know, Denver Mullins, uh, Arlen Denver Mullins. Yeah. That was the one I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah Mondo Porus from Denver's choppers. And then there's, uh, Arlen Fatlands, two wheelers MC. And, you know, I mean, these dudes, these dudes have been doing it for a long time and, you know, uh, bless his soul. You know, rest in peace, Arlen Ness. I mean, I got to meet him so many times, and that guy was just a prince among men. To to get to meet that dude, he would come to your booth and talk to you for an hour about, and he would ask you questions about your bike, and then he made you feel like you were the only person in the room. And and to meet dudes like that and have that kind of FaceTime was was really really cool. 
Yeah, and uh, Rick Fairless. Yeah. Rick Fairless is another one, man. Like he, I would love to go down to his shop. I think that'd be super cool to see some of his bikes, man. I love his style. He likes them long, crazy ones, you know, but his paint jobs are what kills me, man. I want to see some of them in person. Yeah, I have too. And that's a cheap place to fly into. Dallas-Fort Worth is one of the cheapest places in the country to fly into. You can fly in there pretty much for 100 bucks from anywhere round trip. <laughs> I'm going to definitely have to look into that for what, sure. What's the closest big city that you're by? Um, well, Harris, um, our state capital is Harrisburg and I'm about 40 minutes north of that. Okay. Uh, Philadelphia is about two hours and Pittsburgh is, is like three and a half. Okay. So, so I'm you're like, like right up in the middle of Pennsylvania. I would say you're like center north. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. So like from Woodward, I'm literally like 30 minutes. Yeah. You had East mentioned you and I, when we talked on the phone the first time, we talked a little bit about Woodward. You were a skate, you were a skater or you're a BMXer? Oh, skateboarder. Right sure. on. Yeah. So who who are your heroes in that space? Oh, man. Well, for sure, obviously, Tony Hawk, because he's the one that just crushed the movement. Um, but somebody that is huge into motorcycles that a lot of people don't know uh, is huge into motorcycles is Steve Caballero. Oh, yeah. And, like, and he invented, like, the half cab and, you know, the Caballero and stuff like that. I mean badass dude and he's totally into motorcycles like he goes to like wheels and waves every year oh yeah he's he's really big into the motorcycle community so someday i definitely hope to get him on and maybe even get a skate session in with him sometime on a mini ramp or something that'd be badass that's cool yeah did you see that tony hawk was on the joe rogan podcast this week no i didn't yeah it's a really good one and uh what about so so you're a ramp kid or you're, you're a street skater yeah, well, uh, it was uh, take what we could get. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> up, until, up until I was about maybe 13, 14, we started getting some skate parks popping up and stuff. But most of the time, it, my mom and them had this big farm and this big paved driveway. So basically all the kids from town uh, would come to my house because uh, my cousin's husband worked at a Play World and they make like playground systems and they right. actually have the huna division that actually built a lot of the ramps for woodward so i get the prototypes nice so my driveway was literally like mini spines and flat rails and round rails and fun boxes and everything man so basically like they'd try something they'd show it to their people that were looking to buy and if they were interested or not and he thought it was something that i'd like he'd pull in with the truck and there'd be a new ramp, you know, dude, that's the hookup right there, man. Yeah, it was, it was kind of hard not to beat, but the <laughs> shitty part was my cousin was also into it. So I like either I got his hand-me-downs or else I got some and then he'd find out and then there'd be like a big fight about it. So like, we'd have to like trade stuff all the time. Right. So our parents got really sick of that, <laughs> sick of that after a while, but <laughs> no, it was always cool. We always had something to, something to skate on and yeah, it was fun, man, for sure. Yeah. I couldn't skate a, a 10 foot i couldn't skate 10 foot across i i can't i I'm, i would always fall on my ass like I, I love watching jason jesse um you know that dude's that that dude's one of my one of my heroes and uh i really used to love i love i can watch rodney mullen videos for hours oh, he's amazing isn't he yeah he still skates every single day all night he's he goes by himself and skates in a uh in a in like a parking garage. I think he lives in Florida now too, somewhere down by Miami, but I guess he skates from like, starts at like 1130 night and skates to like four in the morning in some parking garage all by himself. 
Wouldn't it be it weird like to pull in somewhere weird. and Rodney Mullen is skate? I'd sit there and just watch all night. I don't think I would ever. I don't think I'd want to go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be really hard to get bored watching Rodney Mullen. You know, and what's crazy is like you watch like his videos from like the '80s and the technology of skateboard that they had, and he's doing like triple kick flips and dark slides and stuff like that on a skateboard, like unreal. You know, it's unreal all the stuff that he brought to the sport just one person you know it's it's amazing it's right. awesome so let's talk a little bit about your podcast we'll wrap up here you're going to be how you know how many episodes are you uh are you do you have a plan for that or is it just going to kind of be whenever or you got a schedule or um i usually like to do them over the weekend i usually shoot for sunday afternoon because that seems to be the day that everybody has an hour that they can spare um so i, I usually try to do it like sunday afternoon like three, four-ish, and then usually I have it up later that night so that it's everywhere Monday morning so that people get back to work, they got something cool to right listen on. to, you know, Monday morning at work. So you're not you're not doing them live yet? Is that something you want to do in the future? Uh, I thought about it. You know, I'd like to maybe do, um, like, some road shows maybe or right. something, you know, especially once everything starts opening back up and we start getting to some of the shows, um, especially being invited to Glory Days, um, it's something that once we get closer in time and I know that it's going to happen, uh, I'm definitely going to be talking to, uh, the promoter of the show. I'd really like to be able to do something and like, do like a walk around to some of like the main builders of the show and some, you know, basically everybody really, but right. you know, I'd like to be able to do something like that for a week and, you know, just, just about anything really. I'm, I'm basically open to about whatever, like I have a guy coming on here, uh, you know, within the next couple of weeks, he's actually from Pittsburgh, right outside of Pittsburgh in Springdale. And he owns a uh, steel city blacksmithing. Right. And dude, he makes the most killer twisted steel, sissy bars, struts, you know, crazy stuff. And he does it all in his garage and makes all this really cool stuff. And he's like, he's younger than me. And like, he's really, really good. And everything is symmetrical. Like he's really cool to watch, like on his Instagram at Steel City Blacksmithing, and oh, he just he kills it. So, uh, you know, we're gonna have him on, and he does a lot of cool stuff. He actually just started doing like uh, sissy bar kits, where like he basically bends them up and gives you the parts, so like you can make it the way that you want to with the you know the twists and the bends that you want. So it's all to you, but then he keeps it cheaper by letting you finish it because, you know, it, it can get kind of pricey sometimes depending on what people want. So he's trying to make it, you know, something more accessible to everybody. Yeah, so good, I think that's kind of cool. Good artisanship and craftsmanship. I mean, it's worth paying for. And I, I think that's a clever way to do it too. Um, you know, a lot of guys, when they do those build your owns, that's a, that's, that's a, that's a, it definitely gives you some skill set, you know, gives you somewhere to put your skill set, especially to the home builder. You know, right, right, absolutely, and it, you can do your own interpretation of that too. Yeah, because I mean, just because you got it this way doesn't mean you can't do it that way. You know, and that's kind of what he wants people to have that freedom to do. And you know, it's it's an awesome idea. And the most badass thing about it is I'm pretty good at polishing. I do a lot of polishing, so he was getting you know, sent to the cleaners by getting this stuff chromed. Right. So like if people wanted their stuff, you know, shiny instead of like getting it just raw or powder coated, um, basically it gets sent out to me. I polish everything up and send it to you. What do you there. use for so, a polisher? 
Huh? Do you have like a big Baldor polisher, like a one horse or a horse and a half or something, or what do you use? Um, I have a uh, open-sided um, bench grinder that I got uh, polishing different size polishing wheels, different compounds and stuff, like all the way down to like jeweler's wax. You right. Know, I can get it to about whatever you want. And I basically just do it like that. I set up a piece of cardboard behind it so I don't get shit everywhere and polish it out, man. Do you do nothing engine parts crazy, and stuff? Nothing fancy, you know? Do you do engine parts and stuff too? Yeah, yeah. I can do about anything. That's yeah, awesome. I actually, uh, the trees on my XS400 were cast. So uh, I sanded them down smooth, which took forever and a day. And then I polished them up. And yeah, they're basically chrome. Like they look like Harley trees now. So pretty cool. That's awesome, dude. That's very good. Well, so tell everybody where we can find you at online. Uh, you can find me. My personal Instagram is uh, Appalachian Moto. And my uh, podcast Instagram is going to be changing this weekend to uh, First Kick Podcast. And that should be live by the end of Memorial Day weekend for everybody. And I'm hoping to have my first episode out uh, Monday for First Kick Podcast. That's awesome, if not, man. If not Monday, Tuesday. Very good. Well, man, it's been a sincere pleasure to talk to you. And uh, I wish you all the best. And uh, make sure you guys go onto Instagram and look for the First Kick Podcast page and also Appalachian Moto. And make sure you check for landon on spotify it'll be the first kick podcast right yeah spotify is one of our big ones yeah awesome well good luck man have a good holiday weekend happy birthday happy 30th <laughs> don't yeah, party man. too hard happy <laughs> thanks <laughs> and uh hey, keep... man, thanks for having me on for sure this was awesome I no never, man it's... i was never on this side before so no, we are a very good interviewee as well as a very good interviewer and you give me a lot of things i've written down endless notes here i've got to check out the glory days phg uh, Steel City Blacksmithing, um, the Fusion 361, that one I'm going to check that out, and uh, what we have here, uh, Jay Donovan, that was the other one that you gave me. And make sure you go check out Anarchy Customs. It'll blow your mind. Doreen's, uh, he's, 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 he's very, very creative, and he's actually in the process right now. We're trying to get him uh, get him to immigrate. He's He wants to immigrate. He's trying to immigrate right now from Romania, and uh, nice. we're, we're going we're gonna to set him up here at uh, Cycle Stop USA. Oh, and there's also another one, man. Make sure, like, if you guys want some, like, T-shirts, stickers, something like that, make sure you check out ChopShit.com. That's uh, Chicken Fried Choppers, Chicken Rick. Uh, you can go to ChopShit.com. He's got T-shirts, some badass T-shirts, pins, patches, whatever, man. He has a lot of cool stuff if you're into the chopper stuff. So Awesome, man. Well, thanks again, buddy. I appreciate it. Have a good uh, holiday weekend, and um, we'll talk to you very soon. Hey, man, thank you. You bet. Take care. Hey, have a good one. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to the Hell on Wheels podcast with your host, Jason Holman. Thank you for listening. 